The Pat Kenny Show with Aviva Insurance on News Talk. Now, welcome back to Anantara, the mocker in Dublin's Docklands, from where we're broadcasting today. It's time for our Friday Forum. I'm joined by Roisin Shortall, Social Democrats TD for Dublin Northwest, spokesperson on health and finance. Uh, Louise O'Reilly, TD for Dublin Fingal and spokesperson for Sinn Féin on enterprise and workers' rights. Jim O'Callaghan, Fianna Fáil TD for Dublin Bay South and his party's justice uh, spokesperson. Uh, good morning and welcome one and all. Um, Louise, we'll go to you first because uh, the news is just broken that your party is putting down a motion of no confidence in the Justice Minister. We have indeed. Uh, that's been done this morning, Pat. Um, we gave the Taoiseach a chance uh, to remove the Minister from her position. He hasn't done that. We have no choice but to put down uh, a motion of no confidence. We have in Minister McEntee a Minister who has, right up until today, refused to acknowledge that control was lost in Dublin City on the 23rd of November. Uh, there has to be accountability um, and we believe that uh, it's time for this minister to go. She is not providing the leadership that was necessary. In fact, after 12 years of Fine Gael justice ministers, one after another, after another, after another, we have fewer Garda stations than we had uh, before they came into office. We have fewer Garda, 450 fewer Garda on the beat in Dublin. Um, that's just not acceptable. Um, people have a right to feel safe in their homes and in our capital city. That is not happening. We have no confidence in Minister McEntee. OK, now you don't have the numbers to carry that if the government holds firm. Well, we would encourage every TD in the Dáil to reflect on what happened, not just what happened uh, in Dublin City last um, on Wednesday the 23rd, but also to reflect on the fact that this has been coming for quite a while. Um, you know, there, there have been a number of very high profile incidents in our capital city. Not, it's not, this is not just a Dublin thing, by the way, but it's true to say there have been a number of very high profile incidents in our capital city. The response from the minister has not been to provide leadership. The response has been to deflect and provide a few bob for overtime, but that's not going to help with recruitment. OK, before I go to the person who would be representing the government in this regard, although he's not on the front bench of the government as Jim, but I go to uh, Roshan Shorthold first. What, what do you think of this motion? Would you be supporting it? So I've only heard about it in the last few minutes um, uh, and we'll be discussing it within the Social Democrats, obviously. It's very hard to see a situation where we can vote confidence in the Minister for Justice, given her performance. Particularly so is it abstain or vote? Well, well, we'll discuss that, but it's hard to see how we would vote confidence. I do think it's important that there's political accountability for what has happened uh, over recent times, but not only just in recent weeks, over quite a long period. And I think those of us, especially living in Dublin, are very conscious of the fact that the authorities seem to have given up on Dublin. And the issue is not only policing. It's a whole lot of things in terms of neglect, the huge level of, of uh, dereliction within the area, the lack of basic council services, for example, like cleansing. The place is filthy. The lack of addressing the issue of drug dealing and drug use in the city. And predominantly, and I heard Andrea Horan on the programme earlier, I thought she made very good points about the fact that it's not a living city because we have very few
few people actually living in the city, particularly on the north side of, of the inner city. And that's what we have to do. We have to create a vibrant city. So we're all proud of it. So we're happy to go in and stroll around the safe public places, all of those kind of things. But also in relation to the policing element, I think it's important to say that certainly people were caught unawares and they shouldn't have been caught unawares right, Jim. last week because of the kind of threat that the far right is posing. They foment the, the, these problems and that they fomented that riot and the whole, you know, okay. they, they try and encourage hatred among people. Jim and that's what needs to be addressed. What, what's your response? First of all, Pat, thanks for choosing a hotel in my constituency for your Christmas outside <laughs> broadcast. You're very welcome here, as are all your guests. Listen, unfortunately, what Sinn Féin are doing in this issue is just playing politics. We have very serious issues that we need to discuss about Dublin, about policing. We need to have a debate about immigration. None of those issues now are going to be discussed in valuable dull time next Tuesday. Instead, what's going to happen is those important political issues are going to be converted into political theatre. Sinn Féin are going to stand up and say the government are doing a bad job. The government are going to stand up and say the government's doing a good job. Already independents have indicated they're going to back the government. The minister is going to succeed. The vote will be a vote of confidence in the government and in the minister. And we then still have to deal with the issues. So really what the opposition are trying to do, I suppose that's the job of the opposition in politics, to try to make politics. But I would have thought the more important things are to look at the really difficult issues that have manifested themselves over the past two years, particularly since COVID, in our inner city in Dublin that we all love. We've got to look to see why is it that there was such a slow policing response last Thursday night in terms of the riots. We've got to look at the disadvantage within the in north inner city and indeed the south inner city. We've got to reflect upon the fact that for many months now, for 18 months, I and other Fianna Fáil representatives in Dublin city centre have been saying that we need greater policing in the city centre. None of those issues are going to be discussed on Tuesday. We're just going to have a punch and Judy match. And okay, I don't think so that's Louise, uh, respond to that, that it'll be political theatre, but it won't get anywhere. Well, Except you know, maybe when you vote in certain and, quarters. And, and, I, and I will uh, address that. So accountability is incredibly important to us in Sinn Féin. It may not matter to Jim, but it matters to us. We need to see leadership, and we are not getting that from the government. So we have a government that are in denial about what has been happening. I met yesterday with representatives from business owners who operate in Dublin City, and they have been pointing out issues with antisocial behaviour, issues around basic issues like cleaning, like keeping the, the city looking well and keeping people safe in it. They have been shouting from the rooftops for over a year now that there was a deteriorating situation. We could see it developing. We have had those high profile incidents. What we need is leadership and what we okay, need but, uh, is leadership Louis, from the Minister we're, for we're Justice. Pointing, and the current Minister for Justice is not we're the pointing woman to provide that. to what happened last Thursday week, uh, last night a week ago. Mm -hmm. and and we're saying this is shocking, appalling and so on. Pretty much every major city has had situations where, for a period, the police lost control. And Liam Cunningham, uh, the actor who'd be no great friend of uh, governments of a conservative nature, um, he said he doesn't blame the commissioner. A flash mob happens. It's done on social media. Virtually no one can be prepared for this. He said you can't have 400 uh, police hanging around in their riot no, gear no, waiting for something course, to happen. Of course you can't. And nobody expects that at all. However, you know, a very, very serious incident took place. Three children um, were attacked and their carer in Dublin City at half past one. 
by seven o'clock, control had been lost of the city centre. And we have a Garda Commissioner and a Minister for Justice who can't even acknowledge that. She has not even acknowledged that control was lost. A motion of no confidence was not our first option. We put it to the government that she should be removed. We gave the Taoiseach the opportunity to do that. That wasn't done and we uh, were left hang with on no a second. Option. I mean, this kind of talk, we gave the opportunity to the Taoiseach to sack one of his ministers. It's not in your gift to give the Taoiseach any opportunity, if you don't mind me saying so. No, but it is. And we, we had made our views very, no, very the clear. The tone is we very odd. It, it's as it's if not, you're already in government. We have, no, not at all. We had made it very, very clear that we believed that the minister, the current Minister for Justice, is not the right person to provide the leadership. What's what very Louise, And the Taoiseach should have removed her. He's not going to do that. So we will, so we will, rem- we will move the motion we'll with no Sorry, Pat, I think the most important thing is that we find solutions to the problems that we're facing. And like I've already spoken about the problems in Dublin and this, you know, it didn't occur this week or last week. We've known for the last two or three years that Dublin was being neglected. There's a strong sense that people have given up on it. And that's why we need a kind of cross agency approach to this, some kind of a task force that actually tackles all those problems and addresses them. And that's on the one side in terms of our capital city and ensuring that it works properly, that it's safe, it's pleasant, it's a nice place to go and it's good for business. They're the things that need to be addressed. And on the political side then in terms of what is happening, we are facing a threat and there's no denying that from a relatively small group of people. But there are people who are intent on disrupting this country, causing chaos, uh, causing fear and engendering hatred among people. And that's a small group of far-right activists who fomented all of this. And my concern is that we've known that this group have been operating now for some time. I've certainly seen them in my own constituency. We've seen them in different areas and they've targeted the whole issue of immigration in particular. They cause fear. And the concern is that 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 warning wasn't addressed last week. What frightened people particularly about last Thursday was that they saw the Gardaí being in a way frightened themselves and people were extremely concerned when they see the Gardaí unable to stand up to what was a very violent group of people who were using riot and force to get their own way and like the policy issues we should be looking at is why is it that we're finding it so difficult to recruit people into an Gardaí Shia that's an issue we should be talking about But Jim isn't there something else that the Gardaí feel as if they're fighting this kind of thing with one hand behind their back and it does not contain a baton Um, you know when I was growing up you didn't give guff to the guards I know and that, I, I that don't is know a fair when issue. it changed or how it changed. And maybe politicians and the media have a, a role of responsibility for that as well, Pat, because sometimes when Gardaí do use force, as they're entitled to, and in fact Gardaí are obliged to use force in order to defend themselves and defend other people, maybe when that happened in the past they get a lot of criticism from the media and from politicians. And one of the things we probably should look at, and I mentioned this in the doll, another policy issue that I would have liked to talk about next Tuesday instead of talking about personalities and politicians, is we should be looking at limiting the time within people can make complaints about members of Angarda Shia Khanna to GSOC. At present you have a year to make a complaint about a guard if there's an alleged misconduct by the guard. That's too long in my opinion. If you've got a complaint, if you had a bad experience with a guard, you should make your complaint within one month and that should take off the I suppose the shadow that hangs over Gardaí about the fact that in certain situations people are using this as a tool against the Gardaí to intimidate Gardaí and also as a, a tool in litigation. But, but you know Jim, I don't think that's the 
full story. Of course you, it's not the full know, story, but it's part of the story. It, but, yeah, but I can't the, talk about the The reality the story, is Roshan. that morale is desperately low within the Gardaí. And that's, you know, the, part of the reason why it's so hard to recruit additional Gardaí. And, and there are issues there about pay and pensions and so on, but there's also issues about decision-making within the Gardaí and ensuring that, you know, people are proud of the job that they do. And we should be I talking about speaking, that, I agree with yeah, you. And, and there's also the downgrading of com- the community Garda service, which is an essential service, and we should be beefing that up. And instead of that, the numbers are being yeah. reduced. And that's what people want to see. They want to see active Gardaí out in the local communities, okay. I'll read you knowing some of the- where young fellows are, are starting to cause trouble, following up on that with parents and, and so on. And to do that, pers- that, that personnel are required. We need more Gardaí, not less. And I know, but the money has been provided, but yeah, unfortunately but people are enjoying it. Uh, but that needs to be addressed. Of course, but that's why we should be addressing that on Tuesday rather than talking about yeah, Helen Mackenzie. That requires leadership and the leadership is not being shown. Do you not understand that? People feel like the government are not listening. The Gardaí feel like the government are not listening. Business owners in Dublin City feel like the government are not listening. Louise, going back to the point I was making about you don't give guff to the Gardaí in my day, you do now it appears but there are people openly taking drugs on the streets there are people consorting around the place people bally ragging uh, tourists and so on there's aggressive begging and so on and for some reason the Gardaí don't feel they can move them on they don't think they can actually keep the streets uh, clear for ordinary people to go about their business when did that change and why? I mean, well, I think it's, it, has, it is down to Garda numbers. I mean, the, what we saw on Thursday, the sight of a lone Garda on O'Connell Street fighting people on all sides. I, 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 my heart broke for him. I mean, imagine his family looking at that picture, watching that video, seeing that image of a Garda left on his own with a mob around him. That's not Dublin City. That is not what we want to see in our city. Um, the Garda have been let down by the, by the government. They They've been let down by the Minister for Justice. Talk to them and that is what they will tell you. I'll read you out some of the comments. Uh, When I go into town every year to do my Christmas shopping, this year it will be no different. Why should we let thugs change how we live? We can't let a minority rule the majority, says one. But another one says the city is inaccessible for Dubliners. Public transport is a joke. My wife had to get from Lusk to the Gaiety the other night. It took her almost two hours to make that journey. Another one, they've destroyed Dublin. It's impossible to drive around town, no incentive to come in and shop do all your Christmas shopping and drag it home on the bus, it'll be too late for businesses and these people will be out of power, it's ridiculous, I feel so sorry for businesses in town please give a big thank you to the Gardaí and firemen of Tara Street and Pier Street for their help in saving my boyfriend from drowning last Monday they were excellent and very kind we are so grateful, our frontline staff are fabulous, that's from Rob and that just shows the kind of thing that they routinely come across and and our frontline well staff are amazing and we saw in the immediate aftermath of what happened on Thursday, Friday morning half past three, crews from Dublin City Council were out, but you know, transport workers were left exposed, Dublin City Council staff were left exposed, people shopping, working, coming into the city for leisure, were all left exposed and but their safety was compromised. But it'd be better to be doing something about it, Jim, rather than just talking about it. But you're not but doing anything point. about it and, and, and that's you know, the, the city has been neglected but for a long time and, and you certainly got we the sense them. on the Thursday of last week that nobody was actually in charge. The cabinet didn't have a special meeting. No, can can I know. ask you all to just to reflect on this? When we see that
that tasers are being ordered, especially for the, the public order units. Eventually, maybe all Gardaí on the beat will have it. They're going to get enhanced pepper sprays. They're going to be two water cannon, which can be deployed. Um, is this a kind of a, a watershed moment where we decide that the way we are policing has got to change? Well, softly, just softly, this? be nice to everyone, talk everyone down from trouble, no matter how crazed they might be on drugs. That is the way we have been trying to do it. And are we saying now... That doesn't work. No, anymore. no, we're not saying that. And we, the Irish, the Guardi have done an excellent job in terms of building up a very good relationship with the people who they please. It's unlike other European cities or countries where there's a very sort of uh, confrontational approach between police and those whom they please. But we do need to recognise as well, although the Guardi are very good at community policing, there comes a time when there needs to be a tougher guard, a response. And that's what we saw last Thursday. And we, I think what the pressed and concerned people is that we didn't see a tougher response from Angarda Siakana. And that's the issue that we really have to address. Why is it that when rioters are burning cars, looting shops, beating up people, that the Gardaí didn't adopt a more confrontational approach and use force to stop it? I, Jim, I do why is it that the guards were left WhatsApp and their, their, uh, their friends and their colleagues down the country begging them to come up to Dublin? Why were they left exposed like that? There wasn't enough of them. That is why. And they had to, they had to bring personnel from as far away a Sligo. That's not on. Rushing. That is look, not on. Look, I do think it's important that the Gardaí have confidence in their ability to do the job. Yeah. And that's been one of the problems. They felt kind of they were on their own. There didn't seem to be any plan. Um, they were also in a situation where they were untrained to deal with that kind of incident on, uh, on last week. And also they're ill-equipped. Now, we shouldn't have that situation in the, the, the police force. What the, the point is that the community policing approach is very successful if we, they're properly staffed. Yes. And we're in the happy position in this country that communities actually want more Gardaí. They want more policing of their areas. In some places, in some countries, they, they won't allow the police in. But, you know, there's a good relationship, by and large, between communities and the Gardaí. Oh, and, and that's at the community policing level. But we also need to be prepared for those serious incidents right. like uh, existed we, on here that in Dublin. R- relatively... Um, quiet note. We will thank you all for coming down to uh, Anantara the Marker. Roshin Shortall of the Social Democrats, Louise O'Reilly of Sinn Féin and Jim O'Callaghan of Fianna Fáil. Thank you one and all for joining us in the Marker. Thank you. Well now, Executive Chef at Anantara the Marker is Gareth Mullins. He has his two guinea pigs, the humankind, uh, back with us. Gareth, what are you about to do? So what we're going to do now is we've made the creme brulee and what, I have just a little blowtorch in my hand here, so I'm just going to light it. Oh, I'm not going to set you up for it. And you're going to glaze it for me, so I'll take that one off you. And all we're doing now is caramelising the sugar on top of the brulee. And this is a skill that you didn't think you were going to learn today, I'm sure. So it's a very simple technique that delivers big on flavour. So all we're doing is running a flame. Uh, hang on a second, Gar. I'm worried about global warming with yeah. this kind of device. <laughs> I'm worried about my finger getting too warm here, Pat. <laughs> <laughs> so what we're, what we're in, I'm going to pass it up to you. What we've left with now is a, a little caramelised creme brulee. Nearly a chef okay, well, maybe work. we should get our guests to, to, yeah, to sure. test. Have we got a spoon there? Yeah. Okay, we'll pass it over <laughs> to... The two people in the opposition side will be sharing. <laughs> Jim has one all to himself. And we're going to give you uh, some implements now in a moment. So, so Jim, you've got uh, the first implement, yeah. so tell us what you well, think. I never, I never refuse a dessert, uh, Pat, so I'm going to taste this now. It's okay. Grand, thank you. 
That's top quality. Fantastic. Top quality. Okay. Top quality. Very good. Now, I'm only going to dip this in and I'll... Nice amount of... Is there some booze What do you think now? I thought so. <laughs> There's a lot of brandy in that. Yeah, yeah. yeah. More, please. Well, I don't know if I'm going to be able to drive after this. That's lovely. <laughs> and then the other, the other thing that we completed today was a turkey and ham pie. So uh, okay. I'm going to pass that up to you, Pat. Okay, I'll, I'll taste the oh, wow. turkey and ham pie. Now, how long did that take from start to finish? Or did, did you cheat? Did you have some ingredients kind of already... No, so the only thing that we had that was already cooked was the turkey and ham. So that's just mm. to rep- represent... Stevens' yeah. day, if you like. Um, yeah. But everything else was done from scratch. So, uh, what did we do? Oh, we uh, made a, a velouté sauce. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I know what that is now. And I know Savignon is something else that you don't drink. Mm. And we... Uh, it's delicious. Oh, Pauline, absolutely. Yeah. Mm. So, yeah. we, we sautéed off the leeks in a little bit of butter. Then we added in some flour. That made a roux. And then we added in some chicken stock and a little bit of cream. Finished it with a little bit of parsley. I'm saying we here a lot. I didn't do anything. The girls did. And then we just put that into a dish, mixed the turkey and ham through it, and then put a little bit of puff pastry on the top. So I'd say that dish took us 10 minutes, yeah. 12 minutes yeah. to make, maybe. Yeah. And the brulee took around the same. So the two husbands are delighted with this, yeah. what is going to be served up this coming week in your homes. Uh, Pauline and Deirdre, thank you very much. And Gareth Mullins, executive chef at Forbes Street and at Anantara. Marker. Well, the Pat Kenny Show with Aviva Insurance. Weekdays at 9 a.m. on News Talk.